This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money Series XM Channel 132 Business Radio that's powered by the Wharton School. And I'm Kent Smethers, professor here at Wharton in Philadelphia. We're still taping these segments by Zoom until it's, of course, safe to re- uh, return to the studio. In the meantime, you can connect with me online by going to my website, kentonmoney.com. So 2020, of course, it was a really challenging year in terms of the virus as well as economic downturn. And the law was changed that actually allowed people to take up to $100,000 of the retirement savings uh, account. That's like your 401k or your um, IRA uh, without an early withdrawal penalty. Um, and so you could actually be below age 59 and a half to do that. And all, in fact, the law also allowed you to borrow another $100,000, assuming that money was actually there. Um, so, And there's been some talk about you know, allowing that trend to continue even this year or even doing away with the penalties altogether. But my colleague today, Olivia Mitchell, Professor Olivia Mitchell, is the director of the Bettner Center on Pensions and uh, Retirement at the Wharton School. She doesn't think that's a good idea, and she wrote a terrific op-ed in the Wall Street Journal to uh, explain her reasoning. Welcome to the the show, Your Money, uh, Professor Mitchell. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, just... Give us, you know, some background. I mean, really, your, your, a lot of your point here is it comes back to even what is the purpose of these retirement funds. So what? give us a brief history about retirement funds. What was the original intent of these funds, like IRAs and 401ks? Well, the original intent of retirement accounts was just what it says, to save your money for retirement. And uh, as part of the encouragement to uh, let people uh, put more money into their accounts, Congress decided that you would be able to put in up to a certain amount every year that was tax qualified. That is, you didn't put in uh, money after tax, but rather you would put the money in pre-tax. Then you would invest that money and it would hopefully grow until retirement age. And then only after retirement would you need to take the money out and pay income tax on it. And as you said at the outset, Congress initially said you had to hang in there until 59 and a half to be able to uh, avoid paying the penalty. And then after that, you could take the money um, and pay income tax on it. So in March of 2020, just about a year ago, Congress said, well, we understand these are tough times. So if even if you're younger than 59 and a half, we will let you take money out of your retirement account without paying the extra 10% penalty on it. You did have to pay income tax on it, but you had three years to make sure that tax was, was paid. Then in December, uh, that initial set of rulings uh, went away and Congress again passed uh, the Consolidated Appropriations Act, which did not extend penalty-free access to everybody, but it did let people who were living in a disaster area as described by the president to take withdrawal. So some people this year can still withdraw 100,000 from their retirement accounts without um, any additional penalties. Of course, once again, the income tax can be spread over three years. 
So my question was, if you can do it, should you do it? And right, that I Dan. think that is the big um, multi-billion dollar question. Well, and even think, multi-trillion dollar question. I, I mean, how much money are being held in these accounts right now, the 401ks oh, and the IRA? Oh, probably seven, eight trillion if you include yeah. all those. Yeah. So I said, no, I didn't think that you should take your money out unless you were absolutely scraping the bottom of the barrel and you had no other options. And one of the big reasons is that people that take retirement account withdrawals may not be able to pay back their accounts within the three years. And they, if they don't, they may not have the money to pay their income tax bills. So that to me was a big discouragement. I also happen to believe, uh, you may too, that tax rates are going to have to go up given the huge government mm. debt. So the future tax bills could actually be a lot higher uh, than they are right now, meaning you're exposing yourself to a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. And we, we also know behaviorally, a lot of times people just won't replenish these accounts. And the point, like you said, the very top of the show is that these are accounts were made to try to encourage people to save for uh, a re retirement. So in terms of the data, how many people you know, took advantage of this opportunity last year? Do we know anything about the numbers there? The numbers that I've seen from Vanguard show that about 6% of the people did. So a very, very small percentage compared to um, you know, the people that could have. I think part of the reason is that um, we did have higher unemployment benefits going on for a while. We had a stimulus bill or two. And so uh, we're probably not going to see a lot of withdrawals up until and if the next stimulus bill gets passed. And then maybe we won't have to go that far. In other countries yeah. where I've been working, including Chile, they've already allowed people to have two withdrawals um, and some people have zeroed out their accounts. So wow. it's a very dangerous game to play. Yeah, and it could also mean that the government now is going to have to figure out something for those people in, in, in the future. Sometimes economists used to refer to this as, as the Samaritan's Dilemma problem. Exactly right. That, yeah, that freedom sometimes actually means that the government has to ultimately kick in more money in in the future so i mean you said okay we don't think this is a good idea you know some americans are, our listeners are going to say hey this is my money i should be able to withdraw it you've outlined a lot of the reasons why you think that's a at least they should understand that it's a very risky uh, proposition to do uh, to do that uh, either take money out or borrow against it so what do you su suggest instead uh for uh, people, listeners who are thinking about uh, taking advantage of this opportunity? Well, one thing people can do is work another 10 years to make up for the, the decline yeah. in their retirement assets. And that may not be very attractive right. or even feasible right. for a lot of folks. Um, what I would also suggest is if you still have a job and you're working for a company with a 401k or 403b account, you can investigate whether you can take out a loan because typically planned loans are uh, demand a much lower interest rate when you repay. And when you do repay, you're repaying yourself. So if the alternative is 29, 30% interest rates on credit cards versus two or 3% on a planned loan, it seems clear which way to go. 
Um, there are other things people right. can do. Many of them may not be tremendously attractive, but you know these are pretty bad times. Some people can get home equity loans if they own their homes. And then, of course, we know many lenders are providing forbearance. That is, they're letting people delay repaying their mortgage for a period of time. Student loans yeah. are also very much on people's minds. Uh, the debt has obviously been increasing tremendously. But there are a long list of programs offering assistance and forgiveness. And Congress has also allowed some firms to pay for their employees' student loans up to $5,250 on a tax-free basis until the year 2035. Right. So that could be a different angle to solving the problems that people face. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it, other shows uh, that we've covered, the, the idea of uh, income-based repayment on student loans. Uh, someone says talk about debt forgiveness and student loans uh, often ignores the fact that we already have programs for low income. Uh, uh, people on student loans um, is when we talk about the um, you know the 401k and the, the IRA in borrowing and and, and you know, all that uh, uh, type of uh, opportunities kind of there um, you know you've said you don't think it's a, it's a, a great idea that obviously withdraw the money expose yourself to taxes better to take out uh, a, a loan. Um, you know, if you don't have, you know, uh, maybe even that to go for, uh, go for uh, taking out a loan from anywhere, I guess the only alternative is really just to try to cut back on expenses. And that's that's very challenging, uh, certainly for a lot of people uh, uh, to do right now. But uh, hence, you know, a lot of talk about stimulus, even more um, stimulus and so forth. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit about the financial markets. I mean, had, has there been any anything noticing uh, in the financial markets in terms of people taking out these loans or taking out the money uh, from their 401k IRAs? Has it had any impact on, on financial markets uh, in terms of prices or anything like that? In terms of the U.S., because so few people have actually rated their Retirement, retirement accounts so far, thankfully, there really hasn't been much of an impact. There have been other countries, for example, Australia, and I mentioned Chile a moment ago, where they did let people borrow or, in fact, withdraw a lot of the money from their retirement accounts. And um, the money managers had to pay a great deal of attention to liquidity because they weren't expecting people to come in and start cashing out. So there were some tense moments, but at least so far, I think they've managed to get through it. Yeah. And then when we talk about, uh, you know, how much do people need? I mean, if people are drawing down these retirement accounts, maybe someone's say early fifties, they've drawn down a lot of the retirement accounts. They're going to be behind for retirement in say 15, 20 years. You mentioned, Hey, maybe they could work longer. Right. Uh, how much money, you know, do you think of, does does that person need for retirement? A lot of times people have this rule of thumb, you know, at least, you know, 3% of your assets, 4% of your assets as as replacement income. Uh, what, what kind of rule of thumb or other advice are you giving people today besides, you know, saving as much as possible is always the best right. one, but any type of rule of thumbs that you're giving, giving people in terms of how much they need to save for retirement? 
Well, one of the big unknowns in answering your question is what's going to happen to Social Security. And uh, with yeah. COVID, um, what we thought we were going to get may not be there. In fact, some have, have proposed that insolvency for Social Security will happen by 2029. So that's a lot closer than what right. we used to think. And if that's the case, then you're going to have to be projecting Social Security benefits that are going to be reduced by, let's say, one third. Um, if Congress doesn't take any action. So this to me uh, just underscores the need to save more and not withdraw from your pension accounts because you're gonna need it that much more. I like to make it concrete. So I figured out an example that just to really illustrate what will happen. Let's imagine a 40 year old right. took $50,000 out of her retirement account today, cashed it out. So by retirement, if she worked till she was 67, she would have given up more than $223,000 at a reasonable rate of return in her retirement assets. Well, what is that worth? This would reflect a cut in her annual retirement income of about $14,000 per year the rest wow. of her life. So, you know, a little bit of money taken now can really hurt you later in life. And that's very, very problematic. Oh man, that's a, it's a great example, and especially as you pointed out, combined with who knows what happens to Social Security, uh, you know, uh, in, in the future, that that could be uh, indeed that double uh, uh, whammy. So fantastic! I mean, thanks for putting all the pieces together today, uh, Dr. Mitchell, and thanks for coming uh, onto the show. My pleasure. Thanks so much. And I'm Ken Smith, this is your money. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.